Welcome to We Didn't Roll For This, where we answer tabletop player questions that no one needed or wanted the answers to. This week, we're going to be talking about creatures of D&D that maybe shouldn't exist. I'm Dustin. I'm Kaylin. And today, we are joined by Nikki, or Nickabrack. Hi, Nikki. Hello. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going okay. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, yeah, I'm Nikki or Nickabrack. Um, I am a new Twitch streamer talking about the biology of beasts on Saturdays. And I also do some cozy art streams slash whatever I feel like on the day. Uh, I am a biologist slash ecologist by trade, depending on how you define it. And a huge D&D nerd. Been playing for about five years uh, and still love it. <laughs> and I love that you're applying your like skills and knowledge as a biologist to the the world of tabletop RPG and D&D. It's good fun. I think for me, I, I play with a couple of other people. I play with an ecologist and I play with a uh, teacher who is also like never grew out of his dinosaur face because why would you? Don't do it. It's a trap. Um, <laughs> stay with dinosaurs forever. Uh, and so like for us, it's just it, it creates an, a campaign and makes us more invested in it if the world makes sense. Uh, do you have a lot but of... But also magic. <laughs> do you, yeah, but also magic. Do you, yeah. what, do you have a lot of questions? I mean, do you have a lot of discussions at the table that are related to the true biology and ecology of stuff? Do you get Not sidetracked with that at really all? Not really anymore. Um, mm. We've been playing as a group together for, yeah, for about five years now. And we kind of... I feel like we're all on the same page, but also we have a lot of respect for whoever is DMing at that point. Um, And it is their story and we've really developed as role players throughout that time Mm -hmm. as well. So anything goes, if it doesn't make sense, maybe in your mind, it's not that world. So it doesn't matter. Like we're able to kind of justify anything. You save it for your stream. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And like generally, you know, when you're in a dangerous encounter or if you hear something on the street or something, you don't necessarily interrogate that to the fullest extent that we yeah. do on Bob. So uh, it's not like, hey, um, I'm really enjoying this combat that we're having, but can I just know, like, what does your, like, family unit look like? And how do you reproduce? <laughs> like, cool. Okay. Can I stab you now? Cool. We're good. Uh, <laughs> not really a moment for that. But um, I have felt that a little bit more with my current character, Kyra. She's... Um, kind of like a healer and also has a bit of like hex blood and is just ridiculously curious about the world um but also quite wise and so she does interrogate everything she has this bit of a she's a twilight cleric so she's always torn between like light and dark and life and death and like nothing is black and white Mm. and so is always investigating those shades of gray which is really interesting in barovia but is also just complicated because you meet a vampire (laughs) and you go like can I save you? Or, I mean, I don't know. There's like vampires and stampires and I don't know what the difference is, but also I'm just like one person and, oh God, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I'm like tired after my games. <laughs> Too much thinking. Because I think in our campaign, didn't um, Dustin Bogswaddle, didn't, did we encounter something and you just kept asking how they had children? Is that the fire, something in that fire dungeon? Which one? Oh, the salamanders? Yeah, yeah. You were like, how do you, how do you reproduce or something? That was his, that was his opening phrase to the hostiles. <laughs> no, I need to know. Is it just like other salamanders? Do you have axolotl forms? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I Very important it. to know. Um, mm. I don't think you got an answer because we killed them. No, we murdered them. And yeah, that was that. See again, you just get caught in the heat of battle and you just. Left every time I settled down into my bedroll looking up at the stars. I just wonder why. I'm just imagining, like, you know, how people go and live and get close to some sort of, like, gorillas to learn about them. Like, does that happen in the D&D world to, to understand a fire salamander? <laughs> like, I mean, someone has sure. to go live in that cave, le- yeah. like, cast some magic so they don't get like burnt to a crisp to like get close yeah. and <laughs> yeah encounters where you you go to a habitat of something and you just come across a person who's just been living amongst 
I don't know, name an animal. Um, <laughs> owlbears. Like, yeah, owlbears. <laughs> Living amongst owlbears for like two years. <laughs> I think that's fun. And I think um, I do get this a lot actually studying biology. I um, take some people outdoors as well. I'm part of my the outdoor club from uni and do like climbing and stuff and so I would take people on bushwalks and I would explain some of the plants because I can't help myself and talk about the biology of the landscape we're walking through and I had this one guy talk to me um on one of those trips and he was just like do you find everything boring now because you know this like do you just find all of this completely uninteresting and I just thought that was such a strange question because I had never thought that ever Mm. I think the more you know the more you know the less you know sort of thing um for me it just makes it so much more fascinating and I want to know more about it and I think that's translated to D&D as well where you know I want to flip the script more and I want to go find out what's going on and I want to go down that path and see what happens um Yeah. yeah and it just makes the world fun if not horribly stressful for our dms who have to flesh it all out it's not just like i've seen one rhinoceros i've seen them all kind of yeah (laughs) that's not you know every rhinoceros is just the same rhinoceros (laughs) (laughs) imagine like yeah traveling and someone's like oh my god there's like a there's an elephant over there and then you're like yeah i saw one like last time when i went to this other country (laughs) <laughs> like don't look up from your phone. I've seen it all. <laughs> I actually so, know everything about all of them. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, since you know, um, I'm assuming about everything. Even, ooh, sorry. Since I'm assuming you know about everything, even though you said that doesn't mean that you should because you're a biologist. You just said but, I know nothing. <laughs> no, everything. Okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Um, if I don't know, I'll say it with confidence and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So you can make stuff up, but you're the expert and I'll just believe you. So that's sure. like, that's yeah, um, it's actually uh, really important that you give me all of your money because <laughs> science. Uh... Let me go get my. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here to talk about DD creatures that maybe shouldn't exist for one reason or the other. Um, mm-hmm. Or. I don't know. Um, I think Dustin is itching to to bring yeah. something up. Well, Present us with your. Um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna propose some animals to us that mm-hmm. you think shouldn't exist. I think that's how this is gonna work. <laughs> that shouldn't continue to exist. Okay, not so you reckon of... they're not like a contributing factor to this earth? Well. It's not like the whole, like, well, we don't like mosquitoes, so they shouldn't exist kind of thing. It's more like, how do they manage to continue existing? My first example, or thought process at least, are basilisks. Okay. So basilisks seem to be simply just giant lizards. They're medium monstrosities. Um, They're not very intelligent, but they're just creatures, and they hunt by gazing at things, turning things to stone, eating that stone. The stone turns back into flesh in their stomach. And it all seems well and good, except for the fact that there's two things that I think of. Well, they have this ability to petrify you with their gaze. If you can see them and they can see you, they can force you to try to resist turning into stone. And it's only two saving throws that save you from not being turned into stone. The thing that I get that makes it very interesting is if a basilisk sees its own reflection within 30 feet of it in bright light, it will mistake itself for a rival and target itself. So they're really dumb? They're extremely stupid. Okay. Um, I would rather I would think to say that there are places of water that are clear enough with their effective surface that they might just be doing that far too often <laughs> to be able to be sustainable. So it doesn't say that that works. You know, if you look at yourself in a mirror, does the gaze mm-hmm. work? It does. you okay. So it targets itself. It fully targets itself. The magic gaze rebounds off the surface. Okay, that's yeah. how I've always had people play it as. Okay, oh, because right. I would interpret it as like they're distracted by their own reflection and try to okay. target their reflection, but they can't actually. Petrify. But it doesn't actually bounce back. No, they're just, used, they're just wasting their turn essentially. Yes, yeah, like on that. the reflection okay. because yeah. otherwise 
they're all just dead every time they drink some water. <laughs> That's kind of my concern. <laughs> they actually only live near running water, so there's no still pools. That could be the case, though. Yeah, like they, right? they could only survive and thrive near running water. But there's a lake. They, they can't stand lakes, and no one knows yeah. why. Or it's really and... dark. <laughs> yeah. or, they only or go out at like... night where they can't see it, or there's always a slight breeze. Yeah. Ah, it's always moving. <laughs> but the other problem that I see is they lay eggs. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming, unless of course they're, you know, they're different, that they have to still find a mate. Yes. If they're confused by the reflection <laughs> of themselves, yeah. if they see another one anywhere, <laughs> yeah. they're just going to attack it. Like, yeah, if it's like a mating season, it's different. But if you have to run the risk of whenever you see one, there is like a basically 25% chance well, it's effectively 50% chance that they will die. Like one of them, or at least both, maybe even both, because what could happen is that on the first turn, they get affected by the gaze if they get failed to save, but they're not paralyzed yet. So then the mm -hmm. other one can also react. So there's mm -hmm. a 25% there's a chance that they both die from this encounter <laughs> every time one meets. <laughs> um, I mean, unless it, they sort of don't face each other. In some sort of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I have problems out. thinking that these guys can, like, properly um, reproduce effectively, I guess. The only thing I'm thinking of to liken this to is there are spiders that kill their mates. Um, like, straight away. And, like, there's spiders and they, like, the male will tap on the web in a certain rhythm and then the female will leave the web and check it out and the male will run down the tree and then they'll be like oh it was nothing and go back and then the male does it again until the female is so complacent that they don't check it and then the male will go along in that same rhythm and then quickly mate with the female and try and leg it before it gets eaten uh <laughs> so maybe really? the males what so if they the males <laughs> they have to be real sneaky that's amazing yeah what if um, the males come up from behind so that's a yeah. similar tactic yeah, and like, so they're like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm not going to, and I'm going to come from behind. I'm just going to go. And then, and then risk, run. like, if they can get away before it looks at, the female looks at them, then they're fine. Mm. So do you, does that mean you often find, like, a petrified basilisk next to a nest of eggs? Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. And then, so, like, a lot of spiders or, like, where this mating is not quite successful for both of them, they just have a lot of children, so that at mm -hmm. least there it's are the more in the problem. And yeah, some of these interactions can fail, right? You can have a few dates that don't. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine because the, the species goes on. <laughs> so, in order for this creature to exist with that idea in mind, they'd have to have large groupings, large nests of eggs that yeah. all at once have to be like, yeah, okay. I mean, what that's just the first thing that comes to mind. But, like, yeah. I also like the idea of them just <laughs> being really shit at it. Just really bad. Because <laughs> yeah. it says, this says infants don't have the, ability. the petrifying gaze. It's only when they're young. So, because my, my thought was, like, well, if they all hatch, they just turn it all each other to stone. But maybe it's, like, <laughs> turtles. They hatch and then move out into the world and... Mm -hmm. Some of them will survive, some of them won't. But then that means you're going to be finding, like, you should be finding more petrified basilisks around. You should. Do they stay, like, when you're petrified, that's it, right? Yeah, Unless until freed greater by, restoration. Yeah. It's effectively permanent. Okay. Petrifying gaze. <laughs> Do you think there's anything that can, like, eat or break down petrified things um basilisks can specifically but other things oh right yeah. yeah like is there some sort of like decomposition process of like Ooh. something else you know now that makes me really unhappy because um, <laughs> rust monsters <laughs> eat metal is there one that eats yeah. stone uh zorns they're elementals but they go after precious metals and rocks to eat yeah because they're rock yeah. elementals basically hmm so maybe they co they exist in the thing. 
What if I just wear down over time? I'm just like nervous that like river stones are just previous creatures that like ground basilisk. Yeah. There's no such thing as fossils. They're just petrified creatures. Well, one thing I just realized, and I kind of am having this horrible realization of, is that the stone, so basilisks um, transform victim into porous stone. Porous stone. That's that's a lot of weird implications. Uh, Basilisks with their strong jaws are able to consume the stone the stone then returns to organic form in the basilisk's gullet. Right. And then it, it says stay. that the gullet produces an oil that can return petrified creatures to flesh and life. So could a basilisk either one, either unpetrify itself because the oil's there, mm-hmm. or in a worst case scenario, it only unpetrifies their inner organs. <laughs> or are, they <laughs> immune, are they immune to their petrification then? I feel that, like they should be almost yeah. too, though. Yeah, that would Are make sense. Are snakes immune to their own venom? Oh my god, that is a, a really great, great question <laughs> that I've never thought about ever. Because <laughs> a snake might bite itself, right? I mean, no, but they can choose not to release the venom. Okay, so it's not like it's coding; it's a, it's an injection. Because um, yeah, in Doctor Who, do dry bites. Um. Oh my god. Because in Doctor yeah. Who, the angels can freeze each other. Because <laughs> they can see, even though they're stone. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of problems there. Um, well, they're or they're perpetually like you know they're in two states of what effectively would be flesh and stone. They're just mm-hmm. phasing together and just jiggling there, mm-hmm. always changing instantaneously. Effectively both, but neither. Only taking the weaknesses of both. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want some Wikipedia answers? Sure. <laughs> Wikipedia answers from a biologist, my favorite. It's fine. I'm looking at the reference as well. That's a really cool study. I do that as well. So, no, chase it up. Um, But it says the question whether individual snakes are immune to their own venom has not yet been definitively settled. Um, Though there is an example, and it is a single case study study of a cobra that self envenomated, um, resulting in a large abscess requiring surgical intervention. but showing oh. none of the other effects that would have proven rapidly lethal in prey species or human. So maybe it has so some like partially. There's a yeah. There would be like a bit. It, I would imagine it's like, you know, you, you know, like if you get the flu shot, or if we talk about the thing that's happening now. But when you get a shot, you can still catch it, but it's not lethal. Um, and so your body can fight it really, really quickly and really efficiently, and you don't die or you don't spread it as much or like the symptoms are really not that bad but there is still maybe a little bit of an effect so like, like it might start turning them to stone but yeah maybe it's just like a little bit like their toe goes or something <laughs> you know? i would love if they had yeah some kind of they were slowed somehow you just just restrains them for a bit yeah, yeah, like they had a fever and they just kind of had to sleep. Temporary it off effect, but not completely petrified. <laughs> which it again. might also well, feed into their like, mating habits. Like maybe that is part of it. The female partially petrifies the male, or no, vice versa. Um, whatever. Like, but it's like a like how snails will like choose and. I would love if it was a female that partially petrified the male and then just had her way with it and then carried yeah. and just left. <laughs> Ta-da. I think that and should what, be the way it works. Yeah. And what were you saying earlier, Nigga Bray? Uh, I don't know. What was I saying earlier? I don't know. A lot. Okay. I thought there was. Anyways. I can't remember. I There's a lot of thoughts going on in this little brain at the moment. There we go. So, have we convinced you that they can exist? I think there are situations that you'd have to rule it as to make it so they could exist. Like, yeah. You have to play them in certain ways and they wouldn't yeah. be able to affect themselves. Yeah, and I think you, like, maybe keep them to a smaller area, you know, like, they can't really overrun a place because they're quite adapted to <laughs> their little like moving streams. Like, they're not in, in <laughs> there's never frost, because if anything gets, Any you know, icy. We stray too far north, go back, go back. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next? So what do we want to go from biological problems that I have to existential grass problems. Sure. 
Okay. I don't mind. Also, if I'm breaking is... too many things, you can just t- I can just say that doesn't work, and then we can just kill them off if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Hard cut. No, they shouldn't yeah. exist. Because yeah. the next one, because I think we were talking before the podcast of like the idea of these creatures are based on something versus not based on something mythologically. Yeah. Beholders. I don't know mm-hmm. if there is an actual mythical origin because there's nothing that even resembles it, mm-hmm. other than maybe soccer balls or something. I don't know how that would work. But mm-hmm. beholders are a problem in and of themselves. They're yeah. intelligent, they're super magical, they're super selfish, they hate everything else. What I do have a problem with is their quote-unquote reproductive cycle. Mm-hmm. A beholder doesn't mate, basically. It doesn't have any sexual reproductive organs. Mm-hmm. How it creates another beholder is it dreams it. Okay. They dream them into existence. And that's how they multiply. Uh-huh. Mm. But with that, they hate each other so much that when they both wake up, only one will survive. <laughs> oh. So they'll kill each other. They'll try to kill each other. But basically, you're going to wake up to a duplicate of yourself every once in a while that you're going to have to try to kill. Why? Essentially. Yeah. There's so much to it. Like the, I don't, It seems so unnecessary. Oh, my but, God. So, so their numbers should just be dwindling. Because it should just be going down because of that chance that they both kill each other. Well, no, also they because adventurers kill them. They, yeah. And then people get people will actively yeah. seek them to kill them because they love their stuff too, because rich and stuff. But like, yeah. Yeah. Like if they both survive, that's cool, but they're basically copies of each other too. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the same beholder, just mm-hmm. more of them. I mean, mind flares are very similar where they have so, like, mind. Link. If two of them survive and then go their separate ways, and they both dream another, mm-hmm. and say they those both survive, they're all the yep. same. They're just genetic copies. Well, they're yep. they're essentially dreaming of themselves, but there there might be some differences because um, they're they are super self loving, like they're super vain creatures. So I'm I'm imagining they're dreaming of themselves, but they could be dreaming of others, essentially. Mm. It just might be not like them. Maybe it's a version of themselves that they see as better. Like, Um, that they dream of, like, they have some sort of insecurity. Well, yeah, they're they're really egotistical. Maybe they're like, oh, me, but also more me. And then... more me. This is the me that I see. So in theory... Based on that, it should always be the new one that wins. Because they're always Yeah, or more often than not. Yeah. Yeah. Which would then help in the sense that, you know, a beholder can't live forever. There's a point at which, you know, a a body will shut down. And so Mm -hmm. if it's always the new one, then it's like, okay, well, I am fitter because I'm new. So it's not breeding. It's renewal. Renewal. It's a rebirth, but in the worst way possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. So then why aren't they the most powerful things on earth because they're just i guess maybe they have that limit with magic but mm, yeah and like mm. you can only change yourself so much yeah um, so it's in of, scope of understanding mm. yeah. like you'll get a lot of single-celled organisms but you do also get other things that will reproduce asexually um yeah. and will essentially make clones of themselves um and we talk about this with mimics as well um as far as Luke and I could discern about mimics. They probably just bud off. Just um, yeah. Big enough to have multiple. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, then they are all, they should be genetically identical, but you do get mutations that happen. Mm-hmm. And so whether yeah. or not it's like dream mutations of like they're thinking of themselves differently and that's where a little bit of variation happens within the population. I guess the other thing too with ego is that you don't, you would have insecurities, but if your ego is big enough, you don't actually see big, big weaknesses. Mm. So that that could stifle their evolution. With so each. they might just see the subsurface of like a blemish. Versus yeah, so like that they don't get exponentially active. stronger with generations or anything because their their view of themselves is so tunnel visioned as well. Mm. They maybe just like. Uh, this this eye could just be a little more even than this eye. It's not like I I have really weak <laughs> intelligence, so I'm gonna like dream that because I have. They're the yeah. smartest things on the planet, according to them. Yes, they, yeah. so that that's their strength is their weakness. They already. Yeah, think, why would they want to change beyond yeah. anything that they already are? Yeah, 
Yeah. So their insecurities are super insignificant. Yes. Enough that their new forms are only slightly better in certain yeah. ways. Because they already think so highly of themselves. Ooh, yeah. Interesting. Like, this also, is a perfect thing. I'm just going to make another perfect thing. Like, I'm not going to try and do anything. Yeah. yeah. So maybe a lot of the time they're just the same. <laughs> yeah. They just want to it's try a really different color, maybe. I feel like a go. little more purple. Like. Yeah. Now I'm just um, picturing like a beholder goes on a retreat and it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna better myself, and then they come back exactly the same. Like, I am like, so much better. <laughs> so it's changed. Yeah, I just they just like kombucha more or something. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's just like mm. would would there be okay? So say say their numbers are dwindling. Okay. Because they're being killed by adventurers, and even that this form of reproduction or renewal, it doesn't increase numbers; it just sustains them. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's someone out there trying to bolster the numbers? Like a trying to save them so as a species. A captive like a breeding program. A breeding program. <laughs> Where they're like as soon as the dream manifests, they separate them. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> there's like different when people breed different animals they know that could like harm their yeah. young, they separate them immediately. Yeah. So they wait for the dream to happen, immediately put up some sort of thing, and then it's fine. Relocate this person or entity. Yeah. Other beholders? I don't know. (laughs) It could be another beholder abusing other beholders, or it could be... Because a beholder's not going to, like, work with another beholder willingly. It might be just an underling, because it would almost have to be an underling to get close enough. Mm. That just is, like... That trope of like, oh, it's the you know the, the counselor is the evil one, but like, mm. unless Wait. there is like a really powerful beholder that did manage to dream beyond this tunnel vision, yes. and it is like, oh. it is stronger, it is smarter, and it knows that as much as it loathes all other beholders, it needs to do this in order to continue beholders to like yeah. take over, and, and so if- it is this like <clears throat> super beholder that is just like. I need to do this. I have to fight against my own hatred. And what if he's just continually huh. disappointed because there's no way for him to get them. And he won't, they won't go see... to his level. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he can't get them to see what their potential is. Yeah. And every time there's just a clone that is like, it's just a slightly different color or the eyes are slightly bigger. He's just like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's just scary, but with a G. Like, yeah. Come on. So he's so much better. But he's he's so he's so smart. He knows this is the only way for the species to survive. But he's also like eternally frustrated that they won't save themselves. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> but yeah, I agree that the numbers should be massively dwindling unless there's yeah. something at play where someone's like trying to preserve them for whatever. Exactly. Oh man, yeah. It's a it's I a just, world where great evil exists and people have different agendas. So I I yeah. think it is possible. Yeah, unless there's like some weird old god who's just like this is the chaos that I want to reign on the world yeah. and I'm just going to pop out more beholders. Because <laughs> that's true. Because I was thinking about that. It's like the beholder on the idea that it's one beholder making beholders to try to save their population is would be just would be like an old god who's just trying really hard but is never worshipped because. What beholder is going to worship something? Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Maybe the original. Yeah, he's the the original beholder is a god, and he created beholders in his image, but not they're so selfish. Not, but not yeah. as smart, obviously. Like they're just new, and then he's been waiting for them to like rule the life. world. Like, oh, have, just I have, yeah. He's like, I am the superior god. I have like these powers and this intellect, and I have imbued the, my children of this planet, this world, with some of these as well. Go forth, and then they're just like, I'm so pretty. I'm the smartest. I'm so smart. <laughs> I like goldfish. <laughs> oh. oh, interesting. Okay. Who's next oh. on the chopping block? Um, I was going to talk about Displacer Beasts, but they just seem like really aggressive cats. <laughs> Can I just address? There are so many cat-like creatures. Yeah. I mean, it, there are so many. 
It's just Could cat we... with more arms and tentacles. Cause, yeah. Because mm. they're kind of just like domesticated cats where... Because a displacer piece kills not just for food, but also sport. It's just like... Mm. Regular yeah. cats do that, too. People just really like yeah. cats in this world. Um, one that I have a... One that I want to talk about on more of a discovery basis is Ethercats. Mm. They are the spider shepherds. Mm. And uh, why are they <laughs> did we talk about them on a in a podcast or was it off off stream i can't remember if it was on or off yeah i know okay. that the biggest problem i have with them really is that their way of life is like they are shepherds to a creature that is not one you can really can you shepherd. describe them so they're basically humanoid spiders in a way where they have they're bipedal two arms with just big old claws but their entire thing is that they are tending, feeding, and watching over spiders in a way a shepherd oversees a flock of sheep. And so it's not that these creatures can't exist on their own, but how frivolous is it? <laughs> because it's hard enough shepherding sheep. And there's a phrase of, it's as hard as shepherding cats. Mm. Shepherding spiders, who are ambush predators, <laughs> can you? shepherd and is there exist do they succeed i guess they probably i would imagine they would make some sort of like symbiotic relationship with like a certain type of spider you know that's maybe yeah it's kind of like hey i can like get you killed less if you also do what i want what is what what are they getting what are they just like farming silk and selling it at the crossroads like what Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, why well, why are they compelled? <laughs> like, is this just a business venture? This is, like... I'll show you people watching what they look like. Okay, yeah. so also one thing that I'm just reading now is they can shoot. They can make their own silk. Mm. So what? maybe so would you would you have to farm something that you can make yourself? Is it just kind of an effect efficiency thing? What if they just really like spiders? Like Or they yeah, they just love spiders. They're like they're like we are we are we are so similar but they're small. <laughs> and we are big. We protect. We protect big. We are sort of nursery. Well anywhere they go, the entire woods turns into like their domain of just webs and kills the trees. That's not sustainable at all. No. Mm. But also, one thing I find really bad is everyone saw what a. If you don't know what an editor cap looks like, look it up. Oh, I just showed it. I showed it before. For the (laughs) podcastees. Oh yeah. Um, some of them just use garrotes. Mm. Just string a grab in the neck and then just strangle. Made of their own silk. Made of their own silk. It's almost worse to think a creature that has giant claws for hands has poison. (laughs) <laughs> but instead of that, decides to choke you to death. Yeah, that's some weird complex going on there. <laughs> it's just like they, they're get, they're obviously getting a kick out of it because yeah. there's no reason why. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's, maybe I'm just having a lot of problems with these guys's like personality. What if it's, <laughs> what if it's like werewolves and wolves? Like where we were saying it's like a weird thing. They just have a weird thing. It's just, it. it's a custom they grew up with and they yeah. just stick it with it. Because <laughs> they're not naturally very intelligent creatures with intelligence of seven, but I would love to like catch one of these off guard and they're just around with spiders and they're like, oh, yes, you are. You're a sticky <laughs> little boy. <laughs> well, intelligence of seven for a monstrosity is pretty good. That actually, the, the that actually gives do... them languages they want to. Yeah. Um, oh, normally man. they start at like ones and twos. Um, I know you think, you think <laughs> that they're awful looking, but I actually think they're kind of cute. I mean, says the one that put chibi monsters all over the place. So. I mean, they're kind of chibi in a way. They're kind of chunky. Yeah. 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 And they got the little cute eyes. They do have the monster eyes. They're little, like little pincers. Huh. They're very veiny. Yeah. I mean, as far as a lot of creatures go, they're they're pretty cute to me. <laughs> I just Com- comparatively. I just is it because I'm Australian and I have this like <laughs> we just love spiders. <laughs> they're not even fluffy oh, like the cute spiders that we no. get as well. Like yeah, they're no... very just chunk, but weird I like, chunk. I like chunky creatures. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. 
I think to me it's kind of just the habit of it, you know, like with the big hunch and the weird kind of lumbering forelimbs and yeah, uh, it's just a weird sort of proportion, but maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just too biased against those humanoid shapes, you know, <laughs> really got to branch like, out in my interest. They like choking people. So. <laughs> they like to choke. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. I guess I don't have much more on them. It's just that I, I found just... their existence kind of funky. Mm. Yeah, no, that's they're weird. I did it's... come across them, and I was mm. I I don't know what to think about them. Um, I just don't know their motivations. <laughs> so unfortunately, so we've gone to ones that I I have problems with that I don't like necessarily. <laughs> Boulders are fine. Now I have to attack something I love. The flumps. 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 But it has the best name are so good but their existence is so weird to me okay so why? They're, they're, they're good creatures they're not mm-hmm. particularly strong but mm-hmm. they're out for the they're they're intelligent they're wise uh, they're sensitive they're like empathetic um, because they can literally feel your emotions um they also eat like one thing that i have a slight problem with is that they just they eat psychic energy that's their mm-hmm. food. It's your brain energies, mm-hmm. um, but they feed they siphon mental energy from psion- psionic creatures, which can be found lurking near communities of the most dangerous creatures on the planet: mind flares, <laughs> aboliths, githyanki, and githzorai. So okay. when these things, their only fo- mode of eating is going after the strongest psychic monster that are the e- most evil. How do they survive? Are they like mosquitoes? Maybe there's just so many of them and they don't really do... They're more of an annoyance than actually doing any damage. So that's why they just remain. Passive parasites where they only take the mental energy they need. Yeah. And they're cute. So they don't take too much. Maybe they're cute enough that they just get, like, they take a little zap of mental energy and then the... The mind flayer's like, ow, oh, it's so cute. And then just carries on. So it's like, so it's like, it's like a symbiont, not symbiotic, but it's like a, it's kind of like a, a neutral relationship. So like put up with it. What so, I'm, oh, I'm picturing definitely <laughs> cleaner fish. Yes. The ones that just go around eating all the, the, yuck the dead skin the off, rest. like bigger fish and like sharks and stuff. Um, yeah, so they just sort of chill. You'll see them alongside like a lot of like whales and mm-hmm. larger creatures as well. And there's quite a few different types of queen of fish. And they'll just eat the dead skin. And this was, I first learned about them when we were looking at deception and like self-deception in creatures. Um, and basically it can pay to cheat, but there's a limit. So if you're a cleaner fish and you're like, okay, dead skin, that's fine. The big thing doesn't really care because it's kind of cleaning it. It's good. Um, but if you take a chunk of flesh, it's way more food for you. It's really efficient. You get a lot of like mm-hmm. good, good meal, but then it hurts. And then you have the risk of this thing turning around and killing you. Just ending you. Yeah. So then there's like trying it. how far can you push it? And so I wonder if these guys are just like kind of hanging around these evil creatures and they're just taking a little bit, maybe they're just taking like, you know those annoying thoughts? Like they're Ooh, taking songs yes. that are stuck in mind players' heads okay. or something. I don't know. Like just a little bit of extra mental energy where they're like, oh, I didn't really need that anyway. But if they push it too far, then they'll get destroyed. Then they'll get smacked. Maybe they get a little yeah. buzz from like just a little, a bit of clear headspace for a moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. So well, because it, it might help them focus because it's taking extra. Yeah. Mm. They don't want, and they're not taking enough that it's a problem. Yeah. So they're just. Yeah, and they're cute. One, so, true. One I mean, there's like mind spa days where they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna clear my head." A room filled with slums. Ah, that would be fantastic. One uh, thing that I do have a problem, and this is all well and good, but the, the, when a flump consumes the psionic energy, it reveals the thoughts and emotions of the creatures. Whoa. Since so many of these creatures are evil, flumps are often such the thoughts, emotion, and hungers that are sicken their pure nature. So they don't like doing it. Um, in addition wow. to that, when flumps encounter good-hearted adventurers, they eagerly share, eagerly, which is, this is great, because now you just <laughs> talk about how it's their extra thoughts that are actually important. 
<laughs> Eagerly share the dark secrets they have learned in the hopes of casting down their evil sources of energy, even if doing so means they must seek out new forms of nourishment. So they're also eager to destroy yeah. what they feed on. Maybe the mind flayers don't know that. Though. They must not. But yeah. another thing that I find extremely funny then, if you're talking about how they're taking extra energy, it's just like, guys, I need your help to take down these mind flares. I'll tell you some information. <laughs> Frank hates fish. <laughs> Use this to your advantage. And that could be why... <laughs> if you sing this tune, it'll be in his head for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could do it, though. It's like, no, shut up. How do you know that song? <laughs> Maybe that's why it's not that common that adventurers take down these entire societies of these high-level things. Because it doesn't because, work. Yeah, because a flump just comes along and goes like... He, like, clips his toenails and then, like, throws them at his roommate or something. And you're like... <laughs> Uh, gross and oh. I don't care like <laughs> just petty housemate blows you know what John, we should do John we should never... leave, leave a passive aggressive note on the fridge that'll really tell him oh yeah oh, I'll take down this entire day John never refills the toilet paper the right way round <laughs> so good so maybe these it... creatures will never go extinct but they'll always be unhappy yeah <laughs> So Which sucks because I love flumps so much, and they're literally a joke creature if you know their origin. They they're literally in there as a joke. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just. It is interesting that they've like been established next to these evil things as opposed to any like intelligent good things, and they mm-hmm. could just have such a nice life, but they've just never really made it there. Yeah, because their intelligence and wisdom is is not that bad. Like. So yeah, it sucks. I wish the best for these little guys, but they. (laughs) uh, One that I have interesting. I'm just looking at this and I'm trying to comprehend what it really means. Mm -hmm. It's a good start. um, Remorate, remorazes, remorazes. How do I spell that? Um, Mm. R e m o r h a z e s. I dislike them just for books alone. So they are massive insectoid creatures that specifically live in the Arctic. Uh, yeah. That's our picture. No, yeah. they're, it's a lot. Uh, they're huge. They're huge. Huge is huge. If uh, anyone listening isn't familiar with D&D sizes, mm. firstly, it's double what you think it is. It's double what you think it is. Huge is, is ridiculous. Doubly, doubly huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, is it 15 or is it 20 feet by 20 feet? 20 feet by 20 feet. Yeah, that's a lot. It's, it's a massive Yeah, this is average 21 to 42 feet in length. Mm-hmm. That's what? a huge average difference, by the way. What kind of average is that? 6.4 <laughs> meters to 13 meters. Average weight, 4,500 kilograms or 10,000 pounds. That's, wow. that's so big. That's... Now... That's My question, and one of the things that's really important about them is two, is two things, I guess. They live in the Arctic, and they're that sized. Mm. So, yeah, they hunt, they prey on elk, polar bears, and other creatures sharing the territory, which isn't much. Mm. They're gigantic. They're going to have a shortage of food. In addition, their internal body temperature is high enough that if you were to touch one, it will kill you from temperature alone. They basically have furnaces inside their body. And I'm thinking, they need so much calories to yeah. make that happen. I don't think one could exist no. without starving to death in a day. Because if you touch it, if you hit it with, a, with an attack, you take 10 points of fire damage. That's, That's enough to ridiculous. kill a person twice over. That's more than some creatures on the fire plane that have yeah. elemental fire within them. Within them. So yeah. these are just monstrosities. And yes, monstrosities are subject to magic, but they're not technically magical. Like They, they yeah. don't have to be magical. They, like, could they have, have like, to exist. Yeah, but they should be like self-sustaining as a species now kind of thing yeah. is how I kind of picture monstrosity is like they're not it's not like each one is currently like each one's created you know mm-hmm. but yeah so um, it's like yeah I think you got me I don't I don't think these guys should exist because <laughs> it's just there's too much against them yeah they're great yeah. they're great to fight though because they're creepy as all yeah. crap and they and a weird thing too which I don't and they like borrow yeah. right so they can just like yeah. come out of the ice mm, terrifying yeah. and they and one thing they make note is that when they burrow, 
under the ice and snow. They can lower its body temperature where it doesn't melt its covering. Thinking about though, that means they have to lower their temperature below zero. Because anything yeah. above it's going to melt it at some point. Mm-hmm. So, so they also have full control over their body temperature in a way that doesn't just kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. Even if you could just control like the outside and somehow contain the heat within you, mm-hmm. again, the yeah. energy on that is ridiculous. And to be able to transition that much. And, you know, there are a lot of Arctic species. They don't get to eat that often no. because, you know, there's not yeah. that huge density of food and... You know, you kind of have to be quite like polar bears have to be really efficient, and you know yeah. they still hibernate and they're still preserving a lot of things. This and... says that like they were sometimes tamed by frost giants who use them as guardians. They were because they're wild creatures; they could turn on their masters at any time. So eggs could be sold so that you could raise them as guards. But so they lay eggs. Mm-hmm. This all doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> so two of them would have to mm, somehow reproduce. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing um, that I think that would lead to them surviving is if they were considered elementals instead. Yeah. 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 There'd have to fit. be some sort of like magical nexus that can. The way that I've been, I think the more that I do Bob, the more that I think about um, magic in terms of those sort of creatures is just like heightened energy, right? Like this really, really mm-hmm. pure and like concentrated energy from wherever and whatever it does and so it allows things to move quicker and do like the physics faster (laughs) Mm. um and so we kind of talked about it like imagine like dragons will stay near kind of nexies of power because it needs like the energy to keep itself hot and warm um whether or not it's from actual fire or just magical energy um and so i don't know if this creature could do that same thing but it just seems Oh god, it just seems like a lot of work and it seems really inefficient. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot this, going on there. This says that um so there's a village which formed a special bond with them um and shared a cavern and that they would treat any wounds of this creature and build fires to keep their eggs warm. But they also developed a unique saddle that allowed them to ride it to patrol their territory. That doesn't huh. make it. I I just feel like. But also, how? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cool. And I, I feel like a lot of yeah. this is just like that'd be really fucking cool. That's cool, right? And that's just where like a lot of this comes in. It's like that's just exciting. Uh, and then you go, but but how? But how? <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't question it, great, great encounter. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> but, yeah, oh, if they were God. an elemental and then they could actually... They could control their body temperature to allow someone to ride them, that would make yeah. sense. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it they... must be, like, a perfect mixture between an, like, a, an ice elemental versus a water, like a fire. Just, like, yeah, it's some it's... weird mixture that makes this monstrosity. Then I think <sighs> that what they would eat would not be animals so much like it would as an elemental you would mm. eat yeah and that mm. that would make more sense then there wouldn't be a problem like of resources yeah yeah it would need some sort of larger source of energy unless there's mm. there's a portal nearby or something i don't know like yeah. so like fire salamanders are said to have elemental fire within them that they can mm. house but they live in the elemental plane of fire and when they come out it's tricky. I mean, like they can have a bit of a shell, but at least the way that we saw it was like you would just need to eat a shit ton in order to sustain that. To sustain um, that. Yeah. And I just I just can't imagine a fire creature being like, you know where I want to live? Ice. <laughs> Ice. The Arctic. Yeah. Which they adapt which it says cool actually the interesting thing is that it says they adapted to it, which means that's not where they started. Yeah. So, so there exists a similar creature that is just all fire? Yeah, maybe there was just like a little bleed through from the plane of fire into this and then it's like, whoa. So then I, I feel like it has not. to be I'm an elemental. <laughs> yeah, so then it, it must be an elemental creature who somehow adapted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> what else you got? The last one. Oh, just back on um the other thing, just um Oh yeah. Uh maybe 
the environments are cold because they absorb the heat energy around them. Yeah, I was just okay. reading that. Oh, so it's so like maybe they like, cause it to be yeah, an icy environment. Yeah, they're causing the Arctic. So when you get rid of them, it might start warming up. Yeah, which means that they're like essential to the world as it is there. Yeah, so that like, would make sense. I like that. <laughs> That's cool. I like that where they so just gather the heat from the environment and then I don't know, culminate it into whatever their bodily functions are. So that means they lift. Mm. can we just get some and like fix global warming? There we go. Yeah. You just yeah. take them, they take all the heat and you launch them into space. <laughs> goodbye, From goodbye, Eugene. I just like the idea though of just fixing things with bringing in other things and it'll totally work out fine. <laughs> totally it. That has never the been a problem. will make the problem better. Yeah. Never what, they don't even like cane bugs? Oh, fuck. Come on. <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to kind of bring up is mm. one of great legend and is mm. considered a monstrosity. Not an elemental, and it is the Tarrasque. Oh. The biggest, largest creature that there is only one of, technically. It's seen as, in some descriptions, as big as mountains, sometimes just 50 feet tall, which is still 50 feet long, which is still pretty big, but weighing yeah. hundreds of tons. Mm-hmm. But it only wakes up once every, like, thousand years. So they're obviously immortal, like, age-wise. You can mm-hmm. kill one, technically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just creatures. So what do they eat? <laughs> I mean, what do they do when they wake up? Destroy everything. Yeah. Um, and how big would their poop be? <laughs> what would yeah. it look like? So like, these things, they have to eat. They process it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to poop. What mm-hmm. is that? Is that just a mush? Like- what if they just, so they destroy everything, eat as much as they can... It can. It says it can devour populations of whole towns, so maybe yeah. it just does. It wakes up, eats just so much of anything, hibernates, and then all that food processes over time. And it's the first thing they do when they wake up is just do the biggest poop, <laughs> and it's like weirdly fertile, like soil and stuff, and starts like a new oh, island yeah. or something. <laughs> There's an entire tree in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a little life, baby. It's all to ask. <laughs> or does yeah, it? So, yeah. Or does it use everything it consumes somehow? Is so there it's no waste? Freakishly efficient. That's really hard to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless it like secretes it as well. Like maybe Ooh. just like. However big you out. think that this is, double, double it. it. <laughs> Easy. Uh, I always, I love these creatures, like these really big, you know, kind of ancient unknowable things. Um, I see them very much as, I give them a lot more liberty, I think, compared to other things that I can see when I can like, oh, that's how it evolved. Um, Just because magic. Um, Yeah, it's not really fair. But I do also like to think about timescales a lot. And I get this with even just earthly plants and trees and you think about trees and how they've been there for you know hundreds and hundreds of years and they're like oh no we haven't seen any change it's like okay well you've only been alive for you know a couple of decades and you're trying to figure out how trees have worked you know like the time scale that you're looking at that's why we know a lot about like microbiology and bacteria and stuff because they reproduce so rapidly we can learn all of that really really quickly Mm. because we can see Mm. evolution happening before your eyes like you can watch things develop um in that way but like with trees like it's really hard to figure out the mechanisms that they rely on using the same techniques that we use for animals so then take that and then apply that to the tarasque and you're just like i don't i don't know anything (laughs) you know like it's (laughs) it's so long ago that it is just myth and legend and you don't have any information on what to do with that but then I mean, we're in D&D and then you have mm-hmm. gods that are older and you have, you know, like elves will live for 500 years. So that's fresher in mm. that sort of storytelling as well. So I think that gets really complicated and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really have a point to say on that. I just think it's cool. <laughs> no, I is. I just like, love that a comment on the Tarasque is just like someone just got an absolute unit. <laughs> he is an absolute unit. Yeah. So he's, this might be a strange question. How much does a whale weigh? Oh, you know, I totally know that off the top of my head. Which whale? <laughs> my no, super yeah, specific yeah, no. question. 
is if this thing weighs hundreds of tons, uh-huh. would it be able to walk? Assuming that its structure is equally massive, sure, why not? Well, on the idea of if it's standing on two legs, would those legs just sink into the ground? Probably. So, um, if you've, I don't know if you have, if you've ever worn heels on soft ground. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, just sort of. Is this thing essentially having to dig in the ground because it just can't stand well, on solid ground? where does it exist? Like what underground. terrain? Yeah. It, it comes from underground. And it Maybe comes it's, up. you know, like wading through snow, right? There's a point at so, which there's a bit of compaction uh, and then it's fine. That'd be so cool though then. Seeing a Tarrasque, and the Tarrasque isn't coming at you like, at the forest line, it's like swimming through the ground at you. Because it just can't stand on the ground because it's just way too heavy. So but it's it just depends like depends on what the ground is made of. Yeah, so well. there'd be like rocks and stuff. If you've ever if you walk through powdery snow and then you kick a rock or a tree stump or something, it'd just be like that. It'd just be oh, yeah. through the soft ground and then like, there'd yeah, be a boulder. Oh gosh. Like the topsoil and then the whatever. If it's in an yeah. environment where it's very, there's a lot of rock underneath. Maybe, maybe the only there. reason why it's so destructive is because it's tripping a lot and it's just trying to get up and it's just like, oh, it's please, guys, help. Oh, no. <laughs> Continuously. I, uh, I need a handhold. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, But it's Geist so ancient said... and unknowable, we don't know its language. I like yeah, exactly. It. Geist has said the pressure from its steps leave diamonds in its wake. Oh, All seams so turn cool. into diamonds because heat pressure on carbon equals diamonds. That'd be a really good. Cool, I I would like that as part of the legend around it. They're like, yeah, a thousand years ago, you know, there was this huge destruction, oh. and yet this like these riches came forth from it, or something like that. But then, you know? is there so That's much so diamond that they aren't worth anything now? Well, you've got to put them in a vault and tell no one you have them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diamonds. I think I personally believe they're they're priced higher than their value. Like they're yeah. incredibly. I don't know what the yeah. I believe that entirely. And the sizes, like the smaller sized ones, incredibly common. Like you know, I don't. I think yeah. it's a commercial and thing. There's a large <laughs> artificial artificial diamonds are like basically artificially um, devalued. Mm. Like. They are essentially yeah. the same as diamonds, but then the diamond or whatever you want to call it. You, you just um, come, like, you come across a village, a town, I would say a town, a city. You just make everything out of diamonds because they're just, they just, they. <laughs> well, diamonds burn. Do they? Oh. You can burn a diamond to, into, into basically nothing. Maybe it's just a decoration. Like, it's just so common is what I'm saying. Like, Oh, there's, like, where the terrace glass was. Like, yeah. for them, it's just a normal building material. And they don't really think yeah. about oh, it's just like, it until yeah, someone yeah, comes for... in. It's like their glass is just diamond. It's <laughs> the, oh, yeah, all their glasses are just diamonds. It's, it's just easier like, to make stuff it. from diamonds than it yeah. is glass. Because there's... <laughs> I, I don't that. think that's true, but okay. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't think that could ever it, be true. It is if you are literally on, like, this whole plateau of diamond. It's fine. I Crazy Wizard did it. Don't worry about it. Crazy Wizard, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the um, the Crenshaw. Oh, yeah, you're... Mm-hmm. The reason I don't think it should exist is because it's creepy. <laughs> All right, done. You did it. Because <laughs> it has no face. It's a, <laughs> another another big cat thing. It is a big cat. That can retract the skin from its face to scare prey. Now, what are these things classified? Are they classified as beasts, undead? Beasts. In fourth edition, they're beasts. In so they are just normal animals, They're magical beasts. Essentially. Yeah. Or, oh, if they're magical, then it explains everything. We can't fight that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they exist because magic said so. But they're yep. only a beast in fourth edition. Well, they stopped existing at some point, so someone got pissed off enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically. How did they stop existing? How are we. Of these creatures that we've discussed, and we're like, nah, they shouldn't exist. How are we wiping them out of sixth edition? I reckon uh, it's because. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it was what too was the time? Like, yeah. It's too much like a foreskin thing. I think that got problematic, oh. and then so it got cancelled. It got cancelled. <laughs> it got cancelled. 
<laughs> the Council of Gods are like, that seems problematic. <laughs> yeah, because this is the description. The skin covering its skull was just a sheath that could be pulled back. <laughs> so I think it got cancelled. Uh, that description is very much because you prefaced it with that, exactly. you know. <laughs> well, also the picture that we have on screen, it definitely looks like so, a penis cat. <laughs> so here's another thing. I'm going to, gosh, I need to look at this thing again. Actually, what's it called again? I really thought we could go stream without talking about penises, but we've done it like Did you times. think that, like, did you honestly think that that was a thing that you could achieve? No. Yeah. Okay, there we so, go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't set yourself up to fail like that. Come on, embrace it. <laughs> just start off with it and then you yeah. can just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't um, think we talked about them in the very first two. Mm. <laughs> Does a cat's facial Still skin rhythm. <laughs> stop anywhere at the mouth? So, wow, that's not a big This is the job of a cat. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Where does its mouth skin connect and end? Does it connect at where the joint happens here, or does it kind of like web in like ours do? As in, like within its inside its mouth? Yeah. So, like our jaws are technically go back to here structurally as a skeleton, yeah. but the facial skin stops here, leaving mm-hmm. a cheek. Mm-hmm. How much of a cat? How much of a cheek does a cat have? I'm just trying oh. to. Figure, I'm looking at pictures, but. I took a wrong picture and it's just cats with their mouths open and that doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, they have a little bit of a lip. Like, we have okay. lips. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking of when a Kershaw, uh, Crenshaw opens up its mouth, how much of it is like... What does that joint look like as well? What does it look like? Yeah. Because do they have, instead of having a cat mouth, say, like where the skin goes back and the jaw connects here, do they have more of a humanoid mouth where it's like a small oval opening that then separates out? Nope. I hate that. Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> Purely on aesthetic reasons. Just, nope. I don't know if it's just like... I'm looking at the illustration and I just don't like it. Because <laughs> it looks like the skin does not connect anywhere on their face. Like, Yeah, I mean, it goes straight to bone, right? It goes straight to bone. Some like of them teeth. have muscle tendons coming in, but it doesn't actually connect where the jaw is, which means we don't know... But it also sleeps back like it, like you would like a, a candy bar would just... So really their yeah. skin so really their skin should just end in a circle in the front. I mean from the picture that we have of fourth edition, it's like they don't even have lips. It's yeah. like the fact that it's just gums and then skull, which is just like yeah. weird because like underneath it's not like underneath the layer of skin that you have on top of your nose, it's straight away bone. Like you've still got some stuff going on there. Um, but on this picture it's just like raw. So oh, okay. Sorry. I yeah, just... so it's almost like skin and a layer of muscle, and like if you so Google that... image search oh, it, I there don't are know a lot that of. I want it. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um... Also, then why aren't there other creatures that do this? Because it's creepy, what? and also you're just like very vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, ex- extremely vulnerable. Because maybe they're eyes... actually really sensitive. <laughs> my bones are showing because their eyes have no eyelids yeah so does their skin have openings even at all so but it's a thing to scare so maybe they can just do it very quickly like it's a like the frill going up they do that and then if the creature isn't scared off and engages it goes back so it's just a, a fear tactic yeah because it doesn't make sense to fight with your skin retracted. No, no. it doesn't seem. Sensible. It might retract its skin and not bare its teeth if it trusts you. You know how like, like some animals bare their teeth, like a pug, because <laughs> they have to stretch it. So when it's over their face, is it kind of just? Yeah, because how is it joined? Because it doesn't just like it's not like it reconnects, right? It just sort no. of sits just on there sits like a little there. blanket. So they kind of just move around, and their entire face will just jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay um that is a nice wholesome place for us to finish i think uh face flaps of the crenshaw hmm. <laughs> thank you again for joining us nikki this, is, this has been so wonderful <laughs> we definitely have to get you back because uh, there is there's so much stuff i think we want to talk about would you like to plug something um Sure. You can check out 
a slightly less cursed version of <laughs> talking about the biology of beasts um, over on my channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash knickerbrack with a bunch of stupid underscores. Go look. At, I don't. I can spell <laughs> we'll, it. Out. We'll put it we'll in the it. podcast description for sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me Copy started. Copy from the last time that I said Why do you have it? two? Yeah. I have one, and that's bad enough. We're so good. <laughs> So you should uh, like and subscribe and review us on iTunes <laughs> and say how good we are. <laughs> uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, yes. leave a review. Tell your friends. And we, I actually want to thank uh, a bunch of people for reviewing us. It's really easy to review us on iTunes, so please, everybody, do that. As someone who just opened it up on my phone, it looks pretty intuitive and I would recommend everyone go right because you just awesome. go to the podcast, scroll to the button, click the button. Done skis. I'd also really like to thank a number of our listeners for writing a review for us on iTunes. We really appreciate it and we love reading what you think. They are GC Mandrake, Yang, Shu, Ops Biscuit, Brad and Chibberwocky. Thank you so much. You can also find us at twitch.tv forward slash we didn't roll for this where we stream our recordings live and other tabletop RPG and world building content. Thank you. Bye. That's fine. Beautiful. Bye. <laughs> Bye.